Welcome to Death Row. Like we always do about this time. <laughs> I'm gonna fight your fucking ass. You don't got, you're playing touch butt with that dork in the park. Ah, uh, there's a little snake in the grass. Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. No fucking Jesus, people. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. Hey, pussy, are you still there? I'm back. Who the fuck is that guy? Break out the red panties. We're rich, baby. I would like to introduce... In this show, we will review UFC ESPN 32 Lewis vs. Olnick and preview UFC 252 Cormier vs. Stipe 3. I am your host, Mike Copenhaver, at Don't Cope Just Win on Twitter. Joined by a special guest and co-host this week, Mikey Gills, at Mikey Gills on Twitter. So go and give him a follow and a like. He will also be giving us some insight on DraftKings and some things that uh, you know we don't normally do here on the MMA for Money show. So it'll be some good insight for you fans who do do DraftKings and uh, care about those salaries and things like that. So, but how are you doing, Mikey, tonight? Ah, not bad. You know, here we are. I made it from uh from subscriber to provider. Started from the bottom. Now we're here. <laughs> we're going from Bob, your uh, your favorite garbage man who delivers the good picks. To me, your favorite mailman who delivers the garbage ones. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, dude. Well, pleasure to have you here, man. I'm thankful for it to, you know, have you as a guest while Bob is over on vacation with his wife. Uh, she needed some time with them, and so they did their little their yearly thing. And so thankful to have you fill in for him on short notice. Yeah, man, I'm excited to do this. I've been listening to your show for a while. Awesome. Well, let's uh, we'll get into the review of uh, Lewis versus Olnick. And uh, in the on the prelims, we had Al, Ali Al Kahasi first versus Irwin Rivera, and Irwin uh, Rivera won a decision in that one. Then we had uh, the little prospect uh, Zazal, uh, Yusuf Zalal. He fought Peter Barrett, and he won a, a dominant decision uh, in that one. And then we had uh, Jay Janes, who uh, on short notice last time uh, had a KO spectacular KO uh, performance. He fought Gavin Tucker this time, and uh, this time didn't fare so well uh, versus a very well-rounded Gavin Tucker. Uh, I, I couldn't have been more impressed with uh, Gavin in this fight. I, I, I just thought he was amazing in, all around, uh, in his all-around mixed martial arts game. I thought even when he uh, faced adversity and got knocked on his butt, uh, I believe one time versus Jay Janes, he uh, you know, pushed through it and it just uh, persevered and, and seemed to just show that veteranness and uh, it's sad that we don't get to see him as much as I would like because I was a fan. I've been a fan for a while, but you know when you only get to see him uh, once in three years, he kind of has that old school Dominic Cruz uh, little ailments where he just pops in and out of the UFC. So hopefully we'll get to see a little bit more of Gavin Tucker uh, here in the future, especially with uh, this weird COVID situation. He got a, a victory by a rear naked choke in round three. Uh, it was uh, quite uh, impressive. Um, the next up, we had uh, Andrew Sanchez. He fought Wellington Terman, and holy shit, man! I uh, I never in my life would have thought that Andrew Sanchez would have knocked out uh, Wellington Terman, let alone any man uh, ever. So I, uh, you know, we had a bet on Wellington Terman. I really believe that Wellington Terman was the the more dominant, physical, uh, better guy, but I, I got proved wrong here because uh, you know Andrew uh, Sanchez. Uh, uh, straight knocked his ass out so you know props to him and a, a 1.55 loss mm -hmm. on the show and uh you know shit happens so the next fight up on the card was uh nazarat haproff 
he fought Alex Munoz and, you know, Nazrat as a negative 240 favorite, uh, you know, did his thing and won a, a dominant performance. And then next up on the card, we had uh, Tim Means. He fought uh, Lawrence Staropoli, uh, the Argentinian prospect who uh, a lot of people are real high on. I actually uh, am a fan of him. Um, I have a lot of family members and friends that are Argentinian, so I always end up rooting for anyone Argentinian, uh, especially Messi or anyone in the World Cup Argentinian-related. So, uh, but uh, the, he, uh, Tim Means just, you know, showed you what an OG was and just uh, really just pushed uh, Strapoli to his limits and uh, ended up winning that fight. Um, next up on the card, there was Kevin Holland. He fought Joaquin Buckley. Uh, this was a matchup where, I, you know, it was pretty clear that Kevin Holland was supposed to win, but I, I really thought that Joaquin Buckley had a lot more power behind his punches. I thought that he would land, and he did land and knock uh, him down, uh, Kevin Holland down one time, and I, it wasn't with enough, not near enough power to knock someone out. And it, I really, you know, we put a 0.5 unit par, uh, hail mary on this one because I, the odds were a little steep. Kevin Holland's uh, is a little fishy sometimes; he just does things that I just can't trust. And uh, I thought that that uh, haymaker uh, right hand of uh, Buckley would have landed with a little bit more might. And that uh, surely didn't. So, but a uh, 0.5 loss there. Uh, but we got it right back on the next fight because uh, we had our boy Benny on the block. Holy shit, man! He fought Scott Hot Sauce Holtzman, and he put his lights out, dude. Mikey, how about that fight? Oh, that was great, uh, especially for a guy like Benil Darius. I, th- I believe last week he was going at $9,100 on DraftKings. So to get that. Uh... That first round knockout pays off about 120 points. That's exactly what you need out of that when you're trying to build a really good core lineup out of your six. And he was on mine. I'm sure he was on the winning one as well. You mentioned Tim Means earlier. I, I know he was on some of the winning slates from that uh, whooping that he pulled on Star Poli. But uh, yeah, just. Yeah, I, I just, I, the spinning back fist that uh, Benil Dariush landed, you know, he, he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu, and so a lot of times I don't expect him to be throwing hands or haymakers or anything like spinning back fists or elbows and knocking people out cold, but he's getting uh, really dirty uh, standing up and, and quite deadly. I, I just, I I was screamed so loud that uh, I definitely woke my neighbors up, and I'm sure you did too. Oh, yeah, I live in a townhouse all day. They hate me. <laughs> awesome so yeah well uh good so we had a bet on benny on the block there we put 1.6 units on him to win one unit and we got that unit over there and uh that padded the, or that made the night not so bad so the next up on the card was uh some say it was a fight uh mikey and i i disagree yana kuniskaya she fought Ju- uh jujilia stellarenko um you know kuniskaya won by decision but uh i, I don't know uh, they played chess or something while they were on the ground or something what you see, like I was star- It felt like I was staring at Greek art statues of wrestlers, just being, <laughs> the, being in, the, in the mall or wherever the, you know. Whatever. Yeah, I know. I like women's MMA, so don't get me wrong. But this was the lowest caliber women's MMA in the UFC. I, I, you know, in Invicta maybe. So I don't even know. I just think that uh, that we have better talent and we we could have showcased it. But I'll stop uh, crying about that. Next up on the card, uh, there was Darren Stewart, the veteran. He fought my boy Mackie Patolo and, uh, you know, got him in a submission in a guillotine and ended his night uh, fairly quickly. It, it's, uh, you know, those OGs, man, I always say it. You, you can't count against them. They've been in so many situations and, and have so much experience that it's hard to, um, you know, count them out, especially, you know, when you don't have as much experience as Mackie didn't, so... 
Next up, we had uh, Chris Weidman. He fought Amari Amakmenov, and Chris Weidman finally got a deci- uh, decision win this century. And it was, uh, it was, it was. I mean, I don't know, man. I I wasn't impressed. I yeah. I, I don't know, Mikey. If ever there was like a like a dot 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 in real life, it was after that fight when he's saying, "I'm back, I'm back." Like, <laughs> I don't know about that. But at the same time, you know, if we're talking about DraftKings, he was going off at, I believe, uh, 8,100. So for him to get a decision win, he, you know, except for the last round, he was just trying to get the victory. He actually did score a few points, and you'll take that in the middle of your lineup. Nice. Well, you know, at least he paid off for those people who did put him in their lineup. So I'm sure there's people cheering for that. And so that's why DraftKings could be fun for a lot of people. And I guess it doesn't cost too much money. So go over there and get yourself a membership or whatever it is you need. Uh, next up on the card in the last fight of the night, we had Derek, the Black Beast, Lewis, fought Alexi Olenek. And, uh, you know, Black Beast did the Black Beast in round two and uh, just knocked him out and just just hammered him to death. Uh, the first round was really weird, you know, watching Derek Lewis uh, try to grapple and do some wrestling. I mean, it's impressive to see him try to transist and, and do, um, you know, other things in his game. But the the real... The thing that really happened was that Derek Lewis was so heavy that even if you do have the proper technique, that's uh, especially in heavyweight, you have these guys that are so heavy that Derek Lewis was just laying on them. And even when uh, Old Nick got him in a submission, uh, you, you couldn't he couldn't even finish him because the the you know Black Beast neck is so thick. I mean, he's eating the fried chicken like he says, and it's thicker than a Snicker. So, but Mikey, what do you think about that one? Um, I, I've heard you say before that you don't like to bet against Derek Lewis. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I do not like betting against Derek Lewis. Yeah, I don't like betting Derek Lewis fights at all, and that was the exact reason why. It's when you get a guy who's as good at submissions as Alanik is, and you can see him in the cage with something fully locked up, and he has like almost a smile on his face as as he's doing it. Like, what is going on? Like, I know you did jiu-jitsu, I've done it too. Like, sometimes you just get those subs on people, and they just you can't get it. There's nothing you can do about it. And while watching uh, Derek Lewis do it again, getting back up and and scoring that knockout, doing exactly what he's done his whole UFC career. So, Well, yeah, you know, so Black Beast, it was still fun, and it was uh, it ended the night with a, a bang, and I actually love when we have a finish uh, in the in the main event. So uh, props to Black Beast, and I, I can't wait to see him uh, go further in his career, but he's just, he's always hanging on by a thread, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't put him in any of my lineups ever, just because he's too volatile. Um, I did have Elenik in a couple of them, but uh, just... I, I I never trust Derek Lewis in particular. So, so um, dra- since I don't do DraftKings, uh, to someone who was a lame, uh, can you sp- explain again layman's terms? Who who was the biggest bust of the night, or and who was uh, I guess who was the most profitable or successful? Um, if I had to pick a bust on the night, um, I had Sterapolian a lot of my lineups. I thought for sure he was going to beat Sam Means. He cost a little bit extra. I think he was maybe like seven or eight hundred. I don't have the numbers right in front of me. He was definitely a little more expensive. He let me down. Uh, the, I had Buckley in a lot of my lineups as my mm-hmm. big dog pick. And we'll get, we'll get into that um, as far as like with DraftKings, where you end up in situations where you have to have underdogs. Cause yeah. they give you a set, they give you a set roster of about $50,000. And each fighter from top to bottom is worth a certain amount. And you have to pick six of them and build your roster like that. Uh, so I know you guys were high on Buckley. I was too. When that one, two landed, my heart broke. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I uh, I I was high on him, and, and the reason was is we'll get in a little bit into that right now since we have time. 
Logan, he fought Logan Storley, and Logan Storley is a world-class wrestler, and he, he did quite well for three rounds. I know he was on his back most of the rounds, but uh, he didn't quit in all those three rounds when most of the time a lot of people would have broken in, the, in three versus Logan Storley. So that that impressed me enough to give him the shot versus Holland, especially when he has a haymaker right hand and a lot of power. But it, it, it ended up not being enough power for uh, us to catch that bet. So it's unique to hear you uh, played him as well when I uh, try to throw the half unit uh, Hail Mary on him. Yeah, he was only $7,400 on DraftKings. He was the lowest on the card as opposed to Holland, who was the highest on the card, the highest priced. And again, you're going to have to take those. We'll get into this, the next card coming up. I'll have something very similar, and I'm hoping for a much better result, but we'll get into that. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you having you here and your insight on DraftKings because I, I literally have zero fucking clue. Uh, so now we're going to move... Go. <laughs> Let's move into this weekend's uh, main, uh, event, which I'm so, so excited for, is uh, UFC 252. It's a Cormier versus Stipe 3. Um, I couldn't be more excited for a trilogy. This is finally one of the ones that uh, really makes sense to me. I actually love both fighters. Uh, I was a former first responder EMT at Los Angeles, and so I, I know uh, quite well how hard Stipe's uh, work ethic is. I also used to wrestle and I uh, do jujitsu, and so I, I know how hard uh, Daniel Cormier's work ethic is. So I love both these guys; they're uh, both great role models, and um, I, I can't wait for this one. And and so um, it's going to be really exciting. Are you? Uh, how, what do you think about this one, Mikey? Uh, Stepe versus DC is a unique card for me, especially I'm looking at their prices right now. Stepe is going at 8,200 on DraftKings. Daniel Cormier is going at 8,000. There's a lot of questions going into this fight, but if you're talking about who who I want to play and why, it, it's weird. Cause in the in the actual fight, the win loss, I think Stipe is actually going to win the fight. But if who I'm going to play more on my cards in DraftKings is going to be Daniel Cormier, and that probably does it probably doesn't make a lot of sense. But if you look at if you look at what happened with da, uh, Daniel Cormier in their last fight, I think this one's going to go one of two ways. Either Daniel Cormier is going to get the takedowns that he keeps promising people, and he's going to beat. Stipe up for five rounds, in which case he's going to cash out a lot, or his plan fails. Stipe starts to take over, and they get into another complete war, and then he pays off that way. I mean, DC lost his last fight and paid $101 on DraftKings for, and c- compared to Stipe, who won, and paid off 116 points. I mean, there's not a lot of difference there, and if you're telling me that I can get Daniel Cormier for $8,000 and I can spend those extra 200 on another fighter that has a, a you know, better chance to win, I'm on that all day. Uh, well, that 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 totally makes sense, and we'll we'll get a little bit more into that when we get into the main event, then, and uh, we'll make it a lot more fun. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna get into the pre the we'll do quick picks for the the early prelims, and uh, first up on the card we have Christopher Dawkins. He's fighting Parker Porter. Christopher Dawkins is a plus one thirty favorite uh, at the time uh, that I wrote this down, and negative uh, one sixty on Parker Porter. I uh, truth uh, truth be told, I don't have a lot of uh, knowledge on both these guys. All I know is I believe that Parker Porter is, uh, does jiu-jitsu, and he's a jiu-jitsu guy. And so uh, I would pick uh, Parker Porter in, in this one. How about you, Mikey? Well, I know that Parker Porter has more experience. He's fought uh, Gabriel Gonzaga and John Jones, uh, but he's lost to both of them, so I don't know how much you want to glean from that. I know that Chris Dawkins is kind of like, I, I don't want to call him the Jason Guida of his family, but his brother's Kyle Dawkins. I know that Chris is coming into this fight on a uh, six and he's six and one in his last seven fights. Uh, both of these guys are fairly similar, a little overweight. They come in throwing power. They've both been knocked out twice. They've both been submitted once. Uh, for $7,700, I'm going to have Chris Dawkins and more of my lineups than Parker Porter. Parker Porter is more of a stay away from me completely. 
But if you can find certain lineups that you want to put in and you need that underdog, it's heavyweight MMA. Yeah, it, that, that's a great point. And I was actually just about to get into it. It's heavyweight MMA. I do not usually ever bet heavyweight MMA. It's And why? Because I it just doesn't matter. Some guys just hit you right in the back of the ear, on the head. They it, it not it rocks their equilibrium, and all of a sudden the whole fight's changed, and 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 it's just crazy the consequences that these big boys have. So I try to stand uh steer steer away from heavyweight fights because they just disappoint me most of the time. Yeah, exactly. So uh, n- next up uh, on the card we have T.J. Brown, who's a negative who was a negative two hundred five favorite at the time, uh, versus uh, Danny Chavez, who's a plus one seventy five underdog. Um, who do you have on this one, Mikey? Uh, again, it's another unique one. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of tape out there on Danny Chavez. What I know about him is the Global Legion FC champion out of Florida. Uh, he was he took about two years off, but he's won his last three in a row all by first round stoppage. So if you're looking for a guy that could pay out big at seventy four hundred dollars on DraftKings, you know he's uh, he's plus one seventy five. He's not favored, but the big knock on him, from what I know, is that his competition isn't good. If you look at his last three opponents, their records are terrible, but you look at TJ Brown, he's only in the UFC because of his Dana White show fight. And before that, he also won three coming in. But the records of those fighters were five and six, eight and 19 and five and five. So he wasn't a world beater either. Uh, TJ Brown probably might win the fight. But if you want to take a couple of shots on anybody, I'm not paying $8,800 on TJ Brown with his cardio issues like he showed against Jordan Griffin. Uh, so maybe Danny Chavez, maybe nothing. Yeah, I, and I I agree. I think that there, if if you want to have some fun, you could flick a little bit on the uh, TKO KO prop of Chavez. But um, I I just TJ Brown's gonna win, and so I won't get too deep into that one. Next up on the card, we have uh, Felice Herrig. Uh, she's fighting Vilna Jandaroba. Uh, Felice Herrig is a plus two twenty underdog, and uh, Verna Vilna is negative two eighty. Um, you know this. This is this is a weird women's MMA one. I usually have a good feel for it. Um, I don't like the price of Vilna. Uh, the negative 280 is just too steep. Uh, with a, uh, you know the a little bit of you know Felice has been around with, in the MMA for a long time. She does have a lot of I, a skill that she's gained in that time. So I I, I can't say I'd want to fade her instantly. And so I, I I don't know who I'd pick on this one. And so with that one I I. I would go with the underdog at the plus 220 uh, would take Felice Herrick. How about you, Mikey? Um, it, it's I don't know if I want to take uh, Vilna just because Herrick is so tough. The, there's a lot of unknowns with her coming in. It, Felice Herrick just had her knee completely torn apart. So she's had ACL surgery. She had to fix her MCL. But then while she was recovering with that, she actually had microfracture surgery, which she would tell you affected her even worse. The thing is... Uh, Felice Herrig has never been submitted in her entire career. She's fought the, the cream of the crop. I think she can make it an ugly fight. And I just, I wouldn't want to bet against her with her experience of only ever really losing to the top of the, the top of the heap. So for me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet against her at the price. Uh, I was, I must've uh, clicked off the screen, but hold on, give me one second here. No worries. And now. So uh, let's see. Yeah. Felice I've Herrig- always, in these type of matchups, then I'm usually interested in betting the decision prop on someone like Herrig because of the payout and the fact that it could happen. Yeah, no, I just looked it up. Um, Jandarov is coming in at nine for nine thousand dollars. I would never pay that for a Felice Herrig opponent because she has the ability no. to just wrestle and make it ugly. So, yeah, I mean, we we could see another Kunitskaya, um, whatever, where they're just kind of hugging it out. So yeah, so. 
Oh, yeah. And anyways, like I underdog a pass with me on that one. And so the next up on the card uh, is much more exciting in my eyes. We have a little brother of uh, Gilbert Burns. Herbert Burns is going to fight Daniel Pineda. Uh, Herbert Burns is a really impressive young man. Uh, I, I couldn't I, I couldn't speak high, more highly of him. Usually when there's two brothers uh, in the MMA, Bob and I always joke that there's one lesser brother and there's one greater one, and uh, there's never two. This is one of the occasions where I actually think that both the guy uh, brothers are super talented, and uh, I think that this is a, a, a spot where he could showcase against Daniel Pineda. Not that Daniel Pineda is uh, some joker or a pushover. Uh, it's just that uh, Herbert Burns is he's got he's got a lot going for him. He's uh, I believe he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. He he works real hard with his brother, um, who's also uh, you know a stud himself. Uh, everyone knows that. And uh, but how about you, Mikey? Uh, well. I agree with everything you just said about Burns. I mean, he's going off for uh, $8,900. I'm going to pay that every time for him because I think this is going to be a bit of a showcase fight. And $8,900, he'll pay off. I'm expecting, you know, first, second round submission. He should give you about 100 points. I'll take a Burns brother without COVID every time. But there's <laughs> something special about Pineda here. Like, you know, he's won six straight, but two of those were overturned because of the uh, failed drug test in PFL. So who really knows? He looked good in those, but who knows? Did he look good? What, I, what mm-hmm. I found interesting was he's finished all of his fights, uh, Pineda has. But of his losses, and he has a lot of submissions. I think of the 26, I think he has, there were 18 of them. Um, you can correct me if I'm wrong on that. But uh, of his 13 losses that he has, six of them are by submission. So I never trust a submission guy who loses by submission a lot, ever, especially if he's going against Herbert Burns. Even if they, even if they nullify each other on the ground and it turns into a stand-up war, I trust Herbert Burns a lot more than that. Yeah, great point. I never, I have a, I have a rule very similar. If I see someone, uh, you know, has submission losses in the past, I will never bet against them versus submission artist. And if you tapped via submission, I will never, ever, ever bet you in a choke. Not tap by armbar, but tap by choke. If you don't want to go to sleep, I'm not going on my roster. I have no respect for it. I got choked out way too many times by my brother War Machine. Uh, it's not that bad. It's just a little nap. You wake up, uh, you know, pretty warm and fuzzy. You see, you know, some stars and get lightheaded for a bit. It's not that bad. So uh, just man up. Yeah, one other thing on that for Burns. Uh, we'll get into that when we do like a final lineup thing. But he is definitely in my core lineup at $8,900. I'm, I'm spending the money on Burns. He's in every single one of my plays this week. Yeah, um, you've kind of like uh, Benil Dariush was. was yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah, he'll be your Benny on the block this week. So <laughs> let's go, let's go, Herbert. Um, next up, we have uh, Liviana Souza, who's a negative one fifty-five favorite at the time of writing this, versus Ashley Yoder, who's plus one twenty-five. Um, this is actually going to be a, a pretty exciting in my eyes. Uh, a lot more exciting than uh, that Yana's Kunaskaya one last weekend. Uh, I I think that uh, in the sense of that. Souza's pretty dirty, and Yoder isn't as dirty, and so someone's going to get hurt in my eyes. And uh, I think that it's going to be, I think Olivia Souza is going to do whatever she wants um, to Yoder, uh, but that's my opinion. What, what about you, Mikey? I mean, Souza, uh, former Invicted champ, she's become a champion for a reason. She's obviously better. Um, but the question for me on my end with DraftKings is, is she worth the point? She's coming off at 8,600. Uh, Yoder's a bigger fighter, uh, four inches taller, six inches of reach, uh, smaller cage. I don't know if that helps because you're going to be going in on your opponent. They're already going to be underneath you. I don't know. Uh, Souza averages 65 points. And to me, that's just not enough for 8,600. I'm not willing to pay that. That's a stay away from me. I don't have, I don't believe Yoder has a chance in this fight at all. So for her at 7,600, she's not going to be touching any of my underdog picks. 
Yeah, a great choice. And that and that's a great example of just I don't even need to touch it, you know. Uh sometimes you don't need to touch things. Don't force hands. You don't need to you don't need to bet always. Uh some people bet too much, you know, too many plays and it gets a little ridiculous. So, but uh that's just my opinion. Next up on the card, uh we have the OG OG Jim Miller versus uh a boy from my hometown, uh, Vince Pachel. Uh I I cannot wait for this one. I mean, we have uh I I believe Pachel is a brown belt over here at Simi Valley Street Sports. Um, if not, he might have got promoted to a black uh, recently. But either way, he's really well-rounded on the ground. He's uh, been a de- he's been a great street fighter even since we were young here in the streets. Uh, I-, I know that quite well, uh, roaming around my brother and doing things we shouldn't have been doing. And uh, so Vince Pachel is tough as hell, tough as nails. But this is a this is a tough one for me, man. I uh, if if Jim Miller was going to stand and just bang and just and be reckless and and be young and dumb and uh, be kind of like my uh, uh, Vince Pachel. He would yeah, Vince Pachel would have a good chance of knocking him out standing up. But I I think that uh, Jim Miller's way too crafty. I think that he has way too much skill. I think he's he's been on the ground with uh, equal or greater than my boy Vince Pachel over here. And no disrespect to anyone over here in Sim Valley Street Sports or anyone. Uh, around these parts it's just uh it is what it is um i think there's going to be uh there has to be a little bit of shell shock or the uh, it's got to be weird you're facing jim miller across that cage and uh, you, you grew up pretty much uh watching him while you trained so i think that jim miller who's gonna is gonna be able to win this one uh, possibly by a submission on the ground but uh what do you think mikey um, yeah, I agree with you. I think Jim Miller's going to take it. And at $8,300, he is, again, with Herbert Burns, going to be a core part of pretty much all of my lineups. Um, it's weird because you think of Jim Miller, right? He's 36 years old. He's been around forever. The natural thing is to assume he's the older fighter. It's not the case here. Pichelle's actually 37. He's a year older. And not just a year older, but he hasn't fought since December of last year because he just had hip surgery. And I don't know if you're a wrestling fan like I am. I just watched the Undertaker Last Ride documentary. <laughs> You don't look good coming after hip surgery. You know, you get that short match against John Cena. It doesn't work out for you. But uh, you're looking at uh, just fight specific for these guys. You know, I'm looking at it. Pichelle is a 22% takedown defense. That's not going to work against Jim Miller, especially in the yeah. first round when he comes out fresh. As the fight goes on, Jim Miller, you know, he'll fade a little bit. But in that first round when he's dangerous and he's, like, on the hunt for that kill, man, for $8,300, I think that's a that's a pretty good price tag for a first-round submission getting about 100-something points. So, yeah, that's my I- tag. Yeah, like I said, no disrespect to uh, Vince Pachel over here, but it's Jim Miller, man. Uh, he's got—he's just an OG. Uh, the 22% takedown defense is a, a no, obviously no can defend takedown. No can defend. I didn't make the math. I didn't compute it. My boy over here, Mikey Gills, did. At Mikey Gills on Twitter. Get at him. He's my well, boy. Well, if it's wrong, blame where I read it. So. Yeah, I blame, and, and if not, MMA junkie, blame them. <laughs> uh just because i said so uh next uh so but uh it's going to be a great one and i can't wait for that fight next up on the card we have a uh, magomev akalenov versus ion kudalaba oh no that one was canceled oh, that's right i'm so bad uh we'll talk about how, how sad we are we we were stoked about that fight uh we were trying to record last night um and then things technical difficulties happened we couldn't get live uh good audio and video feed so we ended up having to cancel and go tonight, so sorry for my mistake on the fact that I, I should have canceled out of my notes anyways. But uh, I, I was stoked for the Ion Kutlaba fight uh, versus Magomed, and uh, sad to say it's not happening. But next up on the card, the uh, real fight that we actually have interest in 
is uh, we have our boy John Dodson, who is a negative 235 favorite versus Rob Dovashelli, who's plus 195. Um, is that is that the right odds right now, Mikey? It seems weird. Is it? Um, I have it as 155 and one plus 155 for Dotson on mine, and one, negative 175 for Davishelli. But oh, okay, so no, sorry, so 155 for Dotson. Yes. Okay, so negative 155 Dotson, and then uh, Marab is the the underdog. So uh, on this fight, uh, Bob, who's your favorite garbage man on Twitter, my host here on the the show, he can't be here, but this is his pick. He's gonna back John Dotson. Um, he he just believes that he's just got more scramble ability. Uh, he's been there. He's got uh, heavier hands. He's better standing up he's going to be putting down the 1.55 units on john dotson to win one uh and so i can't wait to watch this fight because if you do like scrambles and you do like mixed martial arts there is going to be a lot of transitions submission attempts there's going to be punches thrown all over the place and so you don't want to miss this fight so there's that one first bet of the night as uh, your favorite garbage man bob voss he's got J- uh, john dotson so next up on the card we got junior dos santos well, versus yeah, can, I, can, I just, can i throw out something real quick on that fight about DraftKings? oh hell yeah all right so i'm gonna i'm disagreeing with you a little bit on this one because i actually think that davichelli is going to be uh i think he's walking away with this one no worries it was but, hey hey it, 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 it it's bob it's my it's, he's my boy <laughs> fair enough uh i just think the smaller cage he is so aggressive with these takedowns and you know he Let's see. Uh, I'm looking at his drafting points. His average is 107. And for $8,700 to have 107, but that's not even the crazy part. I'm going to read to you what he did in his last fight. 173 points in DraftKings. 173 points. That was his 12 takedown fight. That's crazy, right? That's one of the most insane things you'll ever see. If you're going to tell yeah. me that for $8,700, I can get 173 points, like that's Connor territory. That's, that's, Baby, we done it. Baby, uh, we done like you get red panties. Over, like, you cannot start somebody else and still win that night with getting 170 points. But even before that, you're looking at like 120s, 105, 102, 92. This guy is a proven scorer, and it's going up every single time. As good as John Dodson is, as fast as he moves and all that, it is the smaller cage. And I think uh, when he fought uh, Mighty Mouse, Mighty Mouse is able to just throw him down over and over and over again. I think we're going to see. I think we're going to see that again, you know, this weekend. So for that, I mean, for eighty-seven hundred, that's again part of my part of my core. You know, if I'm if I'm putting four people that are going to stay there the whole night, he's one of them. Yeah, and 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 I and we've been fans of Rob for a long time, and been on uh, multiple times in the cash. Uh, I like his wrestling and his scramble ability. It's not that he doesn't have it. What the thing that I that uh, I believe that Bob uh, doesn't see is that he Marab doesn't have the best striking, and that's why he does take you down so much. He has to take you down to make sure that he doesn't ever get exposed in his striking. Um, it's not that it's not bad. It's just the fact that he's a he's a world class wrestler. He loves to throw people down and get them on the ground in his territory, and that's no that's not against him. Same thing as Khabib, right? Khabib Khabib's not trying to be the the best world class striker. He's trying. I mean, he's trying to do be great, but he wants to get you on the ground and pound your lights out and submit you because that's his realm. Um, he was uh, he, he knows he's not a knockout artist in the sense. So, but uh, I, uh, John Dotson striking to me is better than uh, Marab's. But like you said, we're going to have a war here, and it's going to be fun. So either way, uh, I, I can't wait for this one. And so you guys make sure don't you don't miss, the, miss it because like, there's going to be scrambles and scrambles galore. 
next up on the card, we have Junior Dos Santos versus Jarreno Rosenstruck. Uh, I, I, I just cannot wait for this one. I mean, Junior Dos Santos... He's one of he's one of the best boxers uh, in the in the as of the bigger guys uh, ever. You know, I I've tried to bet on him multiple t- bet against him multiple times and fade him uh, when I thought he was done or he didn't have it. And uh, I, I've learned my lesson. He he he'll implement something new or start boxing again and do a three round boxing performance like he did it with Ben Rothwell. Um, he he just he just ends up impressing me more than he should uh at this age but uh this time he's facing someone who i think is uh is is pretty is is a lot meaner than than he's faced in a while and i i i don't know man what do you think about this one mikey i think that this fight comes down to one simple question it's who deals better with a loss and uh who deals better with the the severity of a loss junior DeSanto is not i don't mean this in a mean way but he's dealt with losses before he knows what it's like to get knocked out in fact he's coming off of two of them uh, Rosenstrike might actually still be asleep. I mean, he got knocked out less than three months ago. One of the worst knockouts you will ever see in your life. And now he's got, and he's lost in kickboxing for extensive kickboxing career. I understand all that, but he didn't get knocked out in kickboxing. He got knocked out by Nganu, you know, Killed. when I look at how he's faced against other top strikers, I mean, he lost every second of that Alistair Overeem fight right up until the last one. And yeah, he made his, he made his face explode and that's cool and all. But Overeem wasn't even out. He was still moving around on the ground when the ref stepped in. So I'm not convinced that... It, the, what, what did that fight have left? Like a few seconds? Maybe like four or five? Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't even remember exactly what it was. But for me, Junior DeSantos at $7,800 with the technique, with the, what he has, and all of the unknowns about Rosenstrike with the head injury. At $8,400, i am not touching him on most of my card. JDS is a more a much bigger play for me on a lot of mine. So Junior DeSanto, $7,800, give it to me. Yeah, and, and I agree. And that's what I'm talking about is uh, his striking is he's never not he's never not proved that he, besides like what Kane or someone someone back in the day, his striking's always there. And he's gonna he's gonna be there for three rounds, in my opinion, versus Rosenstruck, if not unless he finishes Rosenstruck. Um it, I, but I think a three he could just do a decision um win. He could just school him. Uh, I think Rosenstruck will be gun shy. You after getting hurt from someone that badly, you you would be a fool not to be somewhat gun shy or like not wanting to get hit in the sense you know defensively he's going to be super defensive. It's going to hurt his offense. Um, Junior Dos Santos is going to be hard to hit. He still moves well. Um, he can, he he implements game plans well. I like him here too. I think uh, he's he's the better uh, pick here. So I'm going to uh, favor Junior Dos Santos in this one. Yeah, and one more thing, just talking about how people react to losses. You look at JDS's Instagram, that boy is in shape right now. He's in the oh. best shape of his life. So he, he's, he he's on roids. <laughs> <laughs> found that new doctor? He found that, found that. <laughs> uh, you, look, you look at that, like, if you're going to, the best way to recover from a loss like that, like Curtis Blades took him out, like, he dropped him, took him out on the ground. But the best way, I think, to build your confidence back up is to get into that super shape. I think he's going to walk into the octagon just full of, you know, full of himself. I think he's going to teach him a lesson. Bro, he, he go to the IG. He looks ridiculous for his age and for uh, you know, someone who's been through the wars that he has. So I, I just think that this is a kind of a gift for you there. Um, next up on the card is as Sugar Sean O'Malley versus Marlon Cheeto Vera. Oh man, dude, the, this fight. I, I 
This can be fireworks. Uh, this this is going to be possible fight of the night, um, depending on uh, Cormier Stipe's uh, in the end. Uh, I just I cannot be more tell you how excited I am to see Sugar Sean O'Malley. But uh, the the underdog number on Marlon Chito Vera is so disrespectful that uh, it, it it hurts me. I don't think it's correct. What do you think, Mikey? Uh, it's definitely the biggest test of O'Malley's career. Um, I, I missed the, I've missed hype trains before. I missed the Conor McGregor hype train. I didn't get it until after the Poirier fight. I'm not making that mistake this time. Uh, $9,200 in DraftKings is about as expensive as you can get. But you know what? First two, uh, two first round knockouts since he came back. He's he those two years that he had off might have been the best thing. He came back. He filled out. He looks like a grown man now. You know, the way that he switches stances, I mean, he can throw those, the kicks that he throws, I think you're going to set up a lot of punches to the head, just like they did with Eddie Wineland. He throws a lot of those push kicks with the right kick, a lot of head kicks with the left. Uh, you know, he's uh, three inches taller, two inches of reach on Vera. I'm not taking anything away from Vera. I'm just giving the reasons that I think uh, Sean O'Malley is going to take this. Um, I don't have him in all of my lineups because he's $9,200, but I only have Vera in one or two of my lineups because he's at 7000 um, the confidence I have, even at $9,200, I'm still willing to lay a lot of money on him. Yeah. Um, I just don't, uh, you know, with real, with money at, uh, you know, the price is, I, I think it's a steep, I I'd like, to, I'd like him to be like a uh, negative 180 or something like that versus Cheeto, something bettable, um, where you could slam him a little better, but, uh, I love uh, sugar Sean O'Malley. I, I want him to win here. I think he will win here. But I just think the disrespect for Mar- Marlon Chito Vera is a little bit uh, is a little strong there. I think that's going to be a little bit more of a fight than others think. But uh, I hope not because I love Sugar Sean. So I hope he gets a spectacular finish. Well, you got you got a lot of jujitsu background. What do you think about when Vera, if it goes into the second or third, if O'Malley gets tired? What do you think about how they match up? I know we haven't seen a lot of O'Malley, you know, the ground game. But what do you think? Well, I mean, <clears throat> Sugar Sean O'Malley is always, you know, volunteering and doing a lot of jujitsu tournaments. Even when he couldn't fight, he's always doing competitions. Um, he seems to be eager to learn in that sense. I don't know how. I don't know how deadly even Cheeto's real ground game is. That's we're gonna find out a lot of questions this weekend because I I just like Cheeto Vera a lot. I think that he's a pretty well-rounded fighter, but. Um, he does have some some thinner legs that could be vulnerable to lower leg kicks and, and stuff like that. And I don't like that because I have smaller legs and I don't want anyone fucking kicking my little chicken legs down there. So you stay the fuck away from him. Uh, not, no offense, Cheeto. But uh, I think the Sugar, Sean, uh, the Sugar Show is going to keep uh, steaming here. And I hope so because he's a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Nah, yeah, I'm so, rolling with him. Yeah, so um, in the main event here, we have... DC Daniel Cormier versus Stipe Miocic. Oh man, I uh, you know the first fight was great and the second one was even better and uh, I guess maybe that was because I wanted Stipe to win the second one. But uh, it, it's uh, on this fight, I just think that DC's heart is a little. He's not that he's out of MMA, but he's got so much and so many endeavors and so many things uh, going on that sometimes it's distracting when. Uh, you know, DC or Cormier, you know, he has a, he has a, uh, when Stipe has, you know, he's a firefighter, but we all know firefighters get time. They get time to work out. They get time to rest. They get time to recover. They get a lot of good treatment. They get good food brought to them from the community. There's a lot of, there's a lot of pluses from being a first responder in the, in the community, uh, just nutrition wise, just tons of things. Um, 
I um, this is going to be my bet for the show. I'm going to be back in uh, Stipe Miocic. Do you do you know the current odds right now, Mikey, on that one? I got a minus 105 for Stipe and a minus 115 for DC. Okay, so uh, I'm back in Stipe Miocic. Uh, Stipe, I just think that he's just uh, a little bit younger. He's got a better chin in my eyes. Uh, standing, his wrestling is 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 been proven to be substantial enough to not to stuff uh dc so i i think that stipe's uh, uh negative 105 is a, is pretty much a gift so i'm gonna be throwing down that 1.05 units to win one uh but it, it's not that uh you know it's that's my opinion but what about you mikey all right so uh forgive me i jumped the gun earlier it's my first show i thought we were gonna start off with me and my bad that's my bad but uh, i'll get back into all that stuff right now that's okay uh, i'm right with stipe miocic i am um, picking him to win the fight outright um but this this fight, there's so many other angles that you can go into. If we're talking specifically DraftKings right now, I touched on it earlier. $8,200, I can get Stipe. That's a fantastic price for him. A guy who averages 92 points, 116 points in his last fight against DC. Problem is, in this fight before that with DC, I think he only scored about like 16 or something like that. But we all know the eye poke. That was a little weird. Um for Daniel Cormier, $8,000, averages 87 points, scored 101 points in a loss. He is going to get locked into so many of my lineups this, this week just because of that. Um, the fact that his average is as high as it is. And what I was saying earlier, I think it makes a lot of sense. I wouldn't bet both of these guys on the same card if you're only betting against your friends or if you're only doing one or two lineups. But if you're a guy like me who plays a lot of lineups up and down in different plays, both of these guys are going to appear in the same lineup maybe once or twice just because of everything that I just said. But with Daniel Cormier, if this fight if this fight goes according to plan for him, he's going to cash out huge. If it doesn't, it's almost even better because they might go into a five-round war. You, can't, you know, Predicting the knockout, I don't know. But one thing I noticed in the first fight between these guys is everyone talks about the fourth-round body shot comeback for Stipe. No one ever talks about the second round. In the very beginning of the second round, Stipe comes out. He throws two huge knees right up the middle to DC. And all that wrestling that happened in the first round for DC that he had so much success with went right out the window as soon as those two knees went off his body. He looked at him like he just got hit by a truck, and he was gassed after that pretty much. That's when that's when all the sloppy brawling started. So the, after that round, Stipe came out in the third. He was really, you know full of life energy and then he ended up gassing out a little more until the finishing sequence but i mean my god this fight has so much potential for scoring points i'm super excited uh what do you what do you have as far as like question marks for these guys do you have anything is anything that you're worried about um uh, to me just daniel, daniel cormier you know he's, he's he's he lives such a lush lifestyle now man uh you know guys that get comfortable you you, you know you see with dana white even you know uh he he's eating so good bro it's hard not to stack calories uh you know even me like the the you know i used to work for you know a lot less per hour uh then when it times by four uh you know i was like holy shit i can afford steak and potatoes and everything i want every night um i'm gonna be healthier uh, my body's uh, just better or, or or well it could be better that's just for me for dc and some of these they're getting thicker Thicker is not better for them. I need more calories for my specific body, so I need the. I'm stoked to eat uh, steak and potatoes, but for uh, DC or for DC, he can't be eating whatever he wants and enjoying all these beautiful things that I like to enjoy, like fried chicken and all the wonderful things uh, that you want to put in your mouth that aren't necessarily good for your body. I don't know what DC's been eating all COVID long. I know 
I've been doing things that I shouldn't have been all COVID long. I don't even drink alcohol, and I've drinking more alcohol <laughs> during COVID than I've ever have since high school. So that shows you, I don't know. I don't know what DC's eating. I don't know how clean his body is. And that's his cardio has been questioned later in the rounds. And so if he, hits, he eats those knees and his cardio is less than it was last time when he was ready, I'm going to be worried for him even lasting that long, taking that damage. I don't know. That's why I'm stoked to bet Stipe. I think that at negative 105, it's an absolute gift for me in, in the sense. I love it. That's why I'm betting it. And, uh, you know, it, it's just my pick. So I can't wait to see this fight because it's going to it's gonna just prove a lot and uh, might be the best heavyweight we have in a long time, you know? Yeah. Uh, and plus, with, with DC, I mean, I, I want to touch on the, uh, the eye injury for Stipe. But before we get into that, you can't ignore that history is against DC right now. Um, the older fighter who loses the second fight, goes into the trilogy, almost always loses that fight. And not just that, I mean, not for nothing, DC historically throughout his career, kind of always that second place guy, the college Olympics, going into the, going into MMA, even at 205, he was never like, you know, the real champ. Yeah, he beat Stipe, but let's be real. It was after an eye poke, it was in the clinch, who knows? Like, I, I don't know, I don't know if I give that as much weight as I give the Stipe's win over him, you know? Just, yeah, I I totally agree. Yeah, it, so, it, is, it is the smaller cage, though. He has the ability to push him up against it. He has the ability to take him down. At 41 years old, he might have been up over 260, though. He's probably been trying to get his <laughs> weight this whole camp. I haven't seen him, like, with his shirt off yet at the weigh-ins. But it's, it's hard for me to believe that he's in better shape at 41 than he was pre-knockout at 40. I, it, for me, it's going to be it's going to be a steep A night. Well, awesome, man. Well, you know, it's been a, it's just been a pleasure having you. I'm I'm so stoked uh, that you were here and joining me for this event. Uh, thank you so much for doing it last minute. Uh, we will be back next week uh, to preview the UFC Fight Night Munoz versus Edgar. Don't forget to subscribe subscribe to us on your platform of choice: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, RSS feeds. Remember to subscribe to us on YouTube for both length shows as well as for smaller tidbits of the show like comment and share it to spread the word and with that let's roll let's go